Some shows only talk about one little thing. How boring. One little subject all the time. But not us. Welcome to the Infinite Worlds Podcast. The show that talks about a little bit of everything. Giving you insight and interesting points of view. We love current events, anime, comic books, entertainment news, and information status updates on current projects, sci-fi movies, and video games. And we'll be covering The Ballad of the Outlands, an awesome original comic being created by Infinite Worlds Publishing at the end of the show. So make sure you listen all the way through. This is the Infinite Worlds Podcast. Here's Victorious Wolf with co-host DK Thomas, D-Mark, and Ivory Mike. out there in podcast land this is victorious wolf and i'm here with my two co-hosts ivory mike and demarcus hill hello and uh today we're going to be talking about a couple of different things which we're all very nerded out and excited about we're going to be talking about hawkeye episode number three boba fett episode number four and of course demon slayer we might talk about episode one and episode two Maybe just because I mean it's a thir- it's like twenty minutes, so we might briefly go into those. And we're also going to have a brief discussion about the new addition to the Star Wars family. Drum roll, please. Mike, what is it? No, oh, it's the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer. There you go, Obi Wan Kenobi trailer. Um, yeah, for the new upcoming Obi Wan series. It has a lot of people fangirling. Well, there's a lot of people excited about it. So, without further ado, let's get rolling. Let's get rolling. So, it's been two weeks since we had a chance to sit down and talk. A lot of crap's been going on. So, uh, we're in a new world war, apparently. That's what people are calling it, the world, world War Three. apparently. Not yet. Not yet. That's what they're calling it, though. A lot of people are like, oh, this is, this is it. This is the beginning. This is... It's about to start. Like, I mean, uh, it did start off small, but I mean, I hopefully will stay out of it because I mean, he's already yeah. selling wolf tickets in. If you know, if if, if somebody steps in, I'm, I'm pushing both of them, you know. So yeah, like button, button, like in I'm a blow. I'm sending nukes out, button. Which and, that's and, like a, and China is already his hype man. Yeah. So, I mean, it's wild out there, man. You know, I'm hoping that we can kind of come together and, you know, get sense. But we're in a very senseless time where not a lot of people have any type of common sense whatsoever. Boy, and gas prices are as high as, like, giraffe kisses. And I'm, man, the food is going up. It's, It's crazy. Oh, yeah, man. See, I used to have to eat once a day from choice. I'm going to have to eat once a day for a little while just because it costs too much money to eat. That's it. This, this might be the greatest time for me to lose weight right now. So, Crackheads. They talking about cutting back. <laughs> Crackheads. You know what scares me? You know what scares me? Is that I'm not really all that smart for there okay. to be this many stupid people. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's very fair. You know um, what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, you know what scares me? Circus midgets. Oh, <laughs> Here we go. It's time Look. for me to hit mute. <laughs> I'm not doing... Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Absolutely not. We're not going into the... Going in on the small people. We love small people. Small people are great. Love small people. You I know. don't think I'll break road. It's, it's, it's a hard... <laughs> no, no, stop that. You'll get us junked. Jump. Um, <laughs> Jump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, look at all those midgets. They're coming at us. 
with stools. <laughs> Why do all of them have stools? Wow. Oh my God, I believe we're about to get jumped. <laughs> <laughs> so, where's my mute button? Hang on. All right. Okay. No, go no, ahead. No, that's that. We're done. We're done with the small people talk. No, I'm done sorry. With the small talk. Okay. Yeah, we're done. I just did that for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yes, gas prices are very high. Everybody's scared of it. Stock market is down. Like, dude, there are people like freaking out right now with the stock market. It's gonna be okay. Everybody, calm down. Rich people tell you that right now is the time to buy if you have money. I mean, I'm not one of those, but you know, one day I will be. So it's just gonna be okay. Everything's gonna come back or not, and we're gonna get exploded. Either way, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> I mean, either way, there's nothing you can do about it. So just continue to live your life, man. Do the best you can. But that's pretty much it, man. That's all. So we're going to go into talking about Hawkeye episode three. Maybe we don't want to talk about current events right now. It's depressing. <laughs> it's, it's it really a, is. It's a little bit depressing. I would I would have to agree. But, you know, it, it is what it is, man. We, we got to do better. We're going to do better eventually. Eventually. Once the world self-corrects or the aliens show up anyway. I'm just, or the aliens announce themselves. I'm waiting for the aliens to announce themselves and just take over. Either that or Japan, because if Japan, if Japan wants to go ahead and take over, take the reins and they got Gundams, then they already got me. I'm, well, I'm going to the Japanese military at that particular point in time. They got two of my favorite things there. I can only say one, but Gundams is one of them. <laughs> well, three. Well, you can only say one because the other you don't speak Japanese. <laughs> three. <laughs> There's actually three. Yeah, let's go with that one. I like that one. So anime and uh, Gundams. And not say any other one because I don't want to get in no troubles. So you say your, your auntie lives in Japan. Uh, what? Yeah. Your auntie wah, wah, lives wah, in Japan. My yeah, auntie yeah. Lives in Japan. Anime. I'm the crickets. Anime. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anime. That's, that's the last bad one. Wow. That's the last bad one. I'm wow. Sorry. That's amazing. I didn't get that right over my head. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, Hawkeye episode number three. Now, in Hawkeye's episode number three, which I'm sure we didn't talk about this last time, in episode number two, we met Echo for the first time, wasn't it? We met Echo for the first time, right? Towards yep. the end of it? Yeah, yep. at the end, right? Yeah, we met Echo towards the end of it. In episode three, they get uh, it gives us a little backstory on why she's so angry. And we go into a couple of other things having to do with uh, Kate and so on and so forth. So basically, Echo, which is that's her name in Marvel Universe anyway. I don't what is she known as right now? It's not Echo. I don't think they've called her anything. Yeah, they haven't called her anything on the show, but in the comics, she's Echo. But I mean, one of the things they're glossing over is that she's a mutant. So. She's able to mimic oh. mimic uh, fighting abilities and stuff. So yeah. I don't know why they're doing that. But I, she, they, there was a I don't know we're we're veering and uh, Buddy's got to take his uh, girl to Girl Cub Scouts. I mean that's what he said. Uh-huh. He's probably going to go down. He's probably got to go to the pool hall and shoot a few rounds, pay some bills. <laughs> but I don't want to digress. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about I don't know anything about uh, digressing. Or, or anybody else for that. No, no, oh, Carlton, what you should have said. <laughs> you should have said, hey, Demarcus, isn't that what your hairline did? That was a low. <laughs> that's a low. That's, that's good. That's, that's good. Low. I'm not that deliberately mean, though. I'm not, I don't want to point out your... But you thought it. Just because I thought it doesn't mean I have to say it, though. They say if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing. So, And that's why Mike stays quiet all the time. <laughs> No, no, man. Mike, Mike's the light. Mike's the ray of light in the night of, of moonless nights. A lot of times, so he's good, man. He, I got you. Yep. I got he talks you. people off ledges. I don't know. He might have put Buddy on le- on a ledge, but <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. I, I cannot draw. Nobody wants me for my work. Yes. <laughs> hopefully he'll, he'll be okay. He'll he'll, yeah. he'll he'll bounce back. We only. Or he'll we bounce. Need, 
We only use them for a short time anyways. Or he'll bounce but, after he I'll tell you what, record. I'm getting good at firing artists. <laughs> it's, uh, I've had to do it a few times. <laughs> Look, man, all we want is somebody that's going to do a great job and, you know, and just can be consistent. That's it. It's all yeah. in this universe. That's it, man. But you know what? I think we found some decent people. They're a little bit far away, but I think it's going to work out hopefully anyways. You know what? This is a chance right here. We should just take this and talk about the characters and then come back around and talk about what we were going to talk about as far as, as Hawkeye because people are going, they're probably going, what are you talking about as far as, you know, artists and stuff? I'm just saying. I'm I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. So once again, as you guys know, we are working on some world building. Let's just call it world building. No, 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 no. Let's call it universe building because that's what this is. It's it's an overall universe of, of different situations happening at the same time. So this is the, the Immortals Anthem universe. Okay, so in the Immortals Anthem universe, we have a couple of different comic book series going on as well as a novel. All of them are, are taking place in different timelines. So we've told you a lot about a lot of the other characters. So let's tell you about who we're telling about today, uh, Tarot I believe. No, 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 no. it's Mahis. Last time, Mahis. Mahis, yes. All right, so Mahis is one of my favorite characters. Let's be, uh, let's be honest, all of them are my favorite, okay? Because you can't, you <laughs> yeah. can't not, you, all, like, all of your kids are your favorite. It, it just is what it is. I mean, there are some that you want to, you know, punch in the throat, but <laughs> they're still, like, technically, everybody's your favorite, even though you want to punch them in the throat. So, anyways, <laughs> we're going to. Kind of uh, like kids. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have kids i don't have kids oh Court order. well maybe wait what anyways um <laughs> as i was saying before i was so abruptly interestingly diverted mahis is a very interesting character he just so happens to be one of the only siblings uh, a part of one of the only siblings in the group his sister happens to be tara red and uh, I don't know if you guys remember of whom we talked about before. Yes, uh, we talked about her before. She's a fire user. And uh, this guy is ice. It was a very interesting dynamic that we kind of flipped. We flipped the script on how these elements are usually represented. Ice is usually something that people rep when they think about ice. It's more calming, direct, and it's peaceful. And it's not something that's I guess, um, volatile. The difference is, is the personality traits here are, are switched. Tyrette, which is her element is fire. She's very calm, cool, and collected. She is the smartest out of all of them, and she knows it. Uh, matter of fact, she doesn't let anybody forget it. But Mahis is on the other side of that. Mahis is not dumb, but he's, he's definitely not the smartest out of all of them. He's what you would call a slacker. He likes practical jokes. Um, he's a free spirit. Now, don't get it wrong. He has a very strong moral compass, and uh, he may even seem a bit selfish. But in the end, he always sees a clear path to justice and, and the truth. Now, he's, once again, lazy and playful, and um, he seems to irritate uh, one particular character a lot. You'll find out about him later, but a uh, guy named Heroes. Or did they? Did we already talk about heroes? We've talked about all of them. I mean, we introduced them all, but okay. not in any depth. We started okay, so we'll, Apple we'll, Tower we'll, at last. We'll, we might do heroes the next day. All right. So heroes. Yeah. He sees heroes as, as somebody that's way, way, way too uptight. He tries to kind of pull practical jokes or whatever to kind of bring down his defenses a little bit and, you know, so he can be a little bit more lighthearted. But he just ends up annoying heroes more than anything else. So, I mean, he's faithful, confident, he's lighthearted and determined for the most part. But when he gets serious, he gets very serious, especially during battle. He's been known to become laser focused. When he gets laser focused, when he's in that mode, He's known as being tough, fearless, resilient, and ruthless. As cold as cold as cold as ice, so to speak. Long uh, ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is pretty much my take on Mahis. Would you say that that's pretty much who that is? Mike? Hey, are they yeah. twin brother and sister? Yes. 
They are, yes. The only siblings in the whole group. Oh, do they have some type of bond? Mm, oh, yeah. yes. Definitely. How they deep do does it go? Is it like empathic or is it telepathic? It's somewhat empathic. They yeah. know when something's going on with one another. They might not know exactly what it is and they can't communicate with telepathy, but they know each other very well because they're twins. So they do have a genuine connection. I got a question, Mike. Yeah, like a tip. Uh, may like, which one is closer to the dark side? I would probably say Tower It. Really? I think so. I mean, I thought it, I thought it would be Mahi's. Mahi's, he's definitely not stupid. Um, uh-huh. But he's not as smart as she is. And he's one of these guys, he's smart in other ways. Like, I don't know if you call it street smarts or whatever you want to. He's level-headed as far as, I guess, intelligence or whatever. But he's very confident. And he's sarcastic. Okay. But he's loyal. He's loyal to their team. So I don't know. Maybe in fighting, he probably gets a little bit more sadistic than... (laughs) So I guess that could be, you know, a path to the dark side, so to speak. And yeah. Tyrant, she's more um, efficient. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, yeah, if you wanted to. So, yeah, he gets kind of, crazy. Yeah. If you wanted to quantify that, then, yeah, it would be him because he's once he gets. I mean, he. This, well, I'm not going to call it berserker mode or anything like that, but he's very determined to put rest. Once he starts a yeah. fight, he's going to end it. Okay. Yeah, and he's good at it. It's not like a, yeah, like him just going psychopath. It, you know, it all becomes timed moves and whatnot to, you know, thinking three steps ahead on the battlefield kind of thing. You know, one of the things I, uh, that hits me, I think about it like uh, with uh, Transformers. When uh, they first came out, they almost had it seem like they were all the same age or they were created all at the same time. Because you had certain, it didn't jive too well with me because you had certain characters that seem older than others or was or certain characters mm-hmm. were mature than others. But with the Immortals, mm-hmm. did they all come into being at the same time? Or was it yeah. like, well, so, you know, they were created by the Alleguin. They had a human vessel for each Immortal. Okay. So they basically impregnated 10 women to carry these immortal children. Oh, okay. And of course they had planned on being around to help train, but something happened while they were in the process of all of this. And uh, they ended up having to, one of the Alleguin blinked out. He ran out of his power, he blinked out and his vessel was dying. So the others, little bit of power to remove the child from the dying vessel and implant it into another vessel. Mm -hmm. And that's how they became siblings. So there was nine surrogates, so to speak, and 10 children. Wow. That's cool. That's that's tight. That's tight. It is. It's very cool. I I like how you had that. But by doing that. Well thought out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So by doing that, though, the Alleguin blinked out and they were no longer. Oh, wow. Here's nine pregnant women having babies to superpower beings. The people who were going to stick around and help train them all died before it could happen. This sounds like my dad. They are kind of. (laughs) So here they are alone, but they had everything set up for them, like a a temple. Uh and where they can train and grow up. And it was almost like paradise almost to them growing up. And they had uh, lessons and everything. There was stuff recorded for their training, mm-hmm. but uh, but because they didn't have that guidance from the powerful beings that created them, you know, they became imperfect. And the last minute moves and stuff that they had to do, mm-hmm. you know, our characters are not perfect. Nope. That that was the overall plan, just like you said. But um, because of what happened, because they had to put all their power into that that last thing on while their powers were waning as it is, you know, that happened. They also have some people that are there, but they're like their Alfreds. 
all of them have their own Alfred that kind of helps them through it. Mm -hmm. And it's a, I guess I'm, I can't say race of people, but it's a group of people who pretty much stay in the general area of where the temple <laughs> is. And as generations pass, they're assigned a new Alfred that goes oh, in wow. and helps them out to, as, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a village That's, almost right there. Yeah. With yep. That's gotta be hard, dude. You grow attached to people. And you watch him get old and die. And oh, it's, man. Yeah. It, it's like, how do you handle that? You know what I'm saying? It'd be like, I don't do a combat trainer. Oh, yeah, whatever, man. Don't even tell me your name. I don't even care. You know, because I don't want to get close to you and watch you die. That's one of the reasons why they end up somewhat flawed, because they had to see that over and over and over and over and over again. But some of them had flawed in different ways. They either were, it was either a situation where they, I guess, fell in love with humanity. I mean, honestly and truly, because their lives are so short or they didn't really value them that much to a certain extent. That didn't take away from their mission, but they, I mean, it devalues life a little bit for dealing with stuff that's only around in the grand scheme of your life for a couple of days or maybe even a couple of weeks. Man, that's got to be hard, dude. I just uh, finished this book. It's in the series called The Wizard Scout. And um, this guy, his DNA, he has elven DNA. And he marries a, a, a elf. And towards the end of the book, he creates a time bubble to fight this demon for a thousand years. So when he goes in, he's got like human friends and gnome friends and dwarven friends and stuff. But when he comes out, all of his friends are dead. I'm sitting there, you know, I'm listening to this thing. I, I do audio books because I can't read. But uh, anyway, it's like I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, that has got to be so hard. Ever, just all of his friends are dead. The only people around are his wife and his children. And he wasn't even around to see his children being born. You know, so that's like, oh, that's got to be hard. And then... There was one part where his daughter, she's a elf, and it's hard for her to have friends because, like, she was friends with this uh, one girl when the girl was, like, 12. Now the girl is, like, a great-grandma living in a cottage by herself. They have hardly any reason to relate. You know what I'm saying? They have nothing to relate on because she's still, like, yeah. 12. She's an elf. You know, it's, it's got to be, man, trying to have that, you know, to see people... Just get old right before your eyes. I think you're 100% right. That has to kind of mess with you a little bit as you move on. But, you know, hopefully these guys are able to gather the mental fortitude in order to kind of make sure that they're able to kind of handle all those things. I think that what's going to end up happening is they're going to build some very, very strong bonds in the community. When you're a part of a community, and yes, your friends get to die, but or your friends are dying. However, you stay with this family for generations. You know this person's grandfather, their father, their father's, their father's father's father, so on and so forth. So yeah, as long as you have that constant, I guess, uh, companionship to a certain extent, especially within the same family, you get a very interesting view on how the uh, on the timelines as you move forward. You get to see those same children and the decisions that they make. So, I mean, you can bring up that their great-great-grandfather was looked just like them, and they did the, the same type yeah. of thing. That's, gonna, that's got so much opportunity as far as storytelling right there. Yeah. Then it, the immortal beings, because of that, too, they just kind of turn to each other because that's who they're going to be with their whole life. So they become extremely tight because of all that. Mm -hmm. having to see generations of people come and go and whatnot. And they kind of almost, you know, later on in the later years, they'll, they'll kind of almost disconnect, I assume, from... From humanity? Yeah. Actually, not... Yeah, kind of, but not really like, you know, they'll still do their duty, but it's going to be more of a professional relationship kind of thing. Okay. You know Nobody's... Then will, you ever, will any of them ever try to create more of their kind? Can't tell you that. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> yeah. not. We don't know. I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about, like, you know, getting together and baby making. I'm just talking about, like, it's like, dang, man, it's just 12 of us. You know? Well, yeah. well life has a way. 
Okay. We'll, we'll take it from the Jurassic Park. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so, Life yeah. has a way. So mm-hmm. we just started this deep dive. So we've still got another eight characters to talk about. And uh, I'm sure that subject is going to come up again. To a, yeah, to a certain extent, I th- I'm pretty sure it is. So as far as creating, like going to a lab and creating more of them, that was one of those things that's instilled in them as, as a prime directive, a, a rule, if you will. Yeah. They were they were given specific directives or, or it was programmed into their DNA to a certain extent that they weren't allowed to do certain things. And that's one of the things because we don't need a whole planet of super beings on yeah. the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, Procreate was one of the no-nos yes because we i mean let's be honest we that would take over humanity they would be the apex predator and that's not what the alleguin wanted that's not what it was about okay that's tight yep so that is pretty much where we are as far as the characters are concerned i think that um we gave everybody a bit of uh something to chew on and uh i hope Mm -hmm. you'll be ready for next week when we talk about heroes all right so we're gonna go back to Hawkeye. We're gonna jump back over to Hawkeye, and uh, I think we are right at the part where we learn that uh, Echo has a backstory. So, Echo is a mutant with the ability to mimic other people's uh, physical abilities, not powers, but physical abilities. So, we get to see Echo talking to her at a school where she's actually talking to her her teacher. Well. While a teacher is talking and she looks like a little confused little girl, which I mean, she pretty much is because she's deaf and she's trying to figure out everything around her. But at the same time, it seems as though she's brilliant because she can pretty much look at something from across the room and perfectly mimic it without an issue. So there's a scene with a little boy and her at a martial arts tournament or something along the lines of that. And basically we see a little preview of her power even at that young age. So she sees this move, this kid exercise a specific move. And when he uses that move, he see, uh, she's able to take that and reproduce it when fighting him. So she took his own move and used it against him, which was really cool. As DeMarcus said earlier, when we were talking, I'm wondering how mutant abilities are gonna play a part in this, or if they're gonna really kind of dive into mutants at all. But um, anyways, so after that fight, we zoom straight into her fighting somebody at a gym. And once again, she's boxing and she's watching how the guy moves. She's able to see exactly what he's going to do before he even does it. She counters and puts him on his butt. Uh And I mean, lickety split. No problem. No whatsoever. It's also interesting because she's, uh, can you handicap, handicapable? She's missing one of her legs. Which and is she's really, deaf. And she's deaf as well. So there's two things that are counted against her. But, you know, the trade-off is, is that she is, everything else, everything else is heightened and she's a certified badass. So in this, we actually see her after that. The time moves a little bit forward and we see Ronan fighting a whole bunch of thugs at, uh, at a warehouse. She just so happens to park at that warehouse and uh, goes in and sees what's going on. So Ronan is killing bad guys left and right because Ronan is like Punisher because he, there's no go to prison. Let's kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Ronan don't play that. Yeah. <laughs> no so, mercy. No, no, none whatsoever. So he kills everybody in that warehouse. And one of the people in the warehouse just so happens to be her father. So she goes in and um, we get to see a very touching goodbye between her and her father. Very sad. Once again, Marvel makes villains, a lot of villains that I can understand to a certain extent because they give you a reason that makes you ask yourself questions like, man, if that happened to me, what would I have done? Marvel does a really good job with that. So after that, uh, we fast forward to Kate Bishop and Hawkeye sitting on little horse machines, rocking back and forth. These, these, <laughs> little, these Russian guys are the Russian uh, tracksuit, tracksuit, track mafia, mafia people are weird. They're, they're almost like slapstick villains to a certain extent. Like there's a lot of very interesting banter that that goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. 
there's even one guy that comes in pissed off and you're like kicking shit. And Kate Bishop's like, dude, are you good? And he's like, well, my girlfriend did blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like, what? what is, what's, what's happening right now? Yeah. So, I mean, it was funny. It was a little interesting interaction, but it, it didn't last too long before Echo comes in. And uh, she is very irritated and she's looking for answers on where she can find uh, Ronan. Hawkeye then, you know, tells her, look, you know, Kate didn't know what she was doing. She didn't know what that meant. And uh, Ronan is not coming back. He's gone. Ronan is gone. He goes back and forth with that, trying to make sure that this chick understands that Ronan is gone. She says, how do you know? He says, because he's dead. So, you know, Hawkeye thinks about, which, I mean, I could have thought of, me personally, I think I would have thought of a different way to say it. But he says, hey, Black Widow killed him. And then Black Widow died. It's too neat. If I would have did that, I would have tried to say, you know, Black Widow. I guess there's a couple of different ways that maybe, let me think. Black Widow killed him or I killed him. You know, one day, you know, it came down to it where, you know, he was about to kill some very potential, some innocent people. And we had to take him down. Something along the lines of that. Something a little bit more believable. Because mm-hmm. he tried to wrap it up in a neat bow and she wasn't having it. So, she should have just said I killed him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That would have been a way to wrap it up, but I don't know if she could tell he was lying either. She and seems very her down. Yeah, she seems very. I, yeah. I think she could tell when people were lying. Yeah, yeah. But, oh yeah, yeah, was that one of her? Yeah, I think that was in the TV show. I think it was. Because mm. oh. that's how she figured out nothing. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-mm. Don't so don't do it. All right. So. As Hawkeye was going back and forth with this, and Kate was talking to the other guy in the tracksuit mafia, you can just tell Hawkeye is just like, Jesus Christ, can this just stop? This is like the most horrible thing ever. You can tell he wants to go home. Highly annoyed, and he just wants to go home, man. So, yeah, after kind of going through that and seeing that she kind of jacks up Kate, even with the thought of getting Ronan. He's like, okay, this is not going to go well, so we need to get up out of here. So Clint, in about 30, well, shit, less than that, about 20 seconds, figures out an escape plan. And he's like, okay, we're going to do this. So he tells Kate, hey, look, you know, when it's time to go, you need to be ready. I'll, I'll let you know a, sig- a single. He lets her know when he pulls his hands from behind his back and flips and turns some guy in some other direction somewhere. Kate, who is mostly useless, uh, doesn't can't get out of the damn tape, doesn't know what to do. It is so completely, utterly annoying in her Kate Bishop way while Clinton's taking, you know, the majority of the thugs out. So he gets to his bow, which, you know, Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye with a bow is a very dangerous thing. Yeah, um, and he's able to kind of Hawkeye's way out of a lot of different things into uh, helping Kate out with getting her tape shot out or split with an arrow, I guess you can call it. Oh yeah, he banked it off the dude's ear. Yeah, yeah. So she gets loose. She fights the one dude for I don't know thirty seconds while Hawkeye has taken out multiple assailants over and over and over again. He took out the majority of the tracksuit mafia, like right then, which Kate Bishop is very inexperienced. We all know that, but you know, she's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. (laughs) Anyways. uh, (laughs) I can sense your disdain. Boy. And and, and I sympathize, man. I'm like, if you don't do, let me tell you something. Kate reminded me of so much of like in those movies. Oh, prime example. Superman and Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Dude, let me tell you something. Lois is like, I'm coming. What the, what the hell are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What you going to mm-hmm. do? You ain't going to do nothing but get in the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to make it to the point to where I can't focus because I'm trying to worry about your behind. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to get decked in the jaw. Or You know what I'm saying? It's like you ain't nothing but a liability. Stay sure. your butt at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. What he said. <laughs> Time to. That was good. That yeah. Was good. So, yeah, it was just like, man, whatever. Anyways, Hawkeye did his thing. They got out. They ended up in a car chase. So, 
Here's where you see that Kate Bishop has some potential, right? As Clint Barton gets in the car and he's driving, she's shooting arrows out, out of the vehicle. Now, you can tell she definitely has a lot of talent. However, she doesn't really follow instructions very well. She's hard. She's like a typical student in 2022. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not really following instructions. Hey, make sure you don't use this one. But I'm going to use this one because it looks cool or something. I'm just like, what, what, what are you talking about? Just use what, what are you doing? Anyways, uh, they get into this car, this car chase. Um, she uses a couple arrows. She uses a big bang arrow towards the end. And they escape out of that situation. After that, her, him and Kate have, uh, you know, heart to heart. And we, it goes into basically Kate and him kind of joining together so they can kind of get out of this situation so that Hawkeye can go back to his family. They end up going back to her place where her mother is and her mother's boyfriend, which she's very suspicious of her mother's boyfriend for good reason, because of everything that happened in the beginning. Hey, I got to tell you, that's the swordsman. Oh, really? Yeah, they didn't expound on that, but that's the swordsman. Oh, wow. He's, old, he's the old Hawkeye villain. I did not know that. That's the oh, wow. swordsman. So wait, 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 wait. Does Hawkeye know that? No, that continuity is, I mean, they didn't even go by the comic book, but that's the swordsman, dude. No. When I first saw him and I saw him, ha- he had the swords up, I was telling S, I was like, that's the swordsman. Well, huh. I did not know that. I mean, wow, okay. The swordsman, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. So that's how they kind of brought this forward. So, yeah, with that being said, where are we now? Basically, they went back, they got to back to the house. Kate sees that she needs to kind of look up some information. So she's starting to look up some information regarding a couple different people in the mafia. And uh, that's basically where she ends up meeting or Hawkeye ends up meeting the swordsman and they have a standoff for a second. That's somewhat where our third episode ends. And he had the sword of uh, Ronan's sword, right? Was that yes. what he, he used? Yes, he was holding on to Ronan's sword. Yeah. I, I like it. Carlson, I'm with you. I begrudgingly give that show a seven. Well, a 6.5. That episode. <laughs> Because it just, I don't know, man. It's just so, the girl is so reckless. I guess Hawkeye was like, you know what? She's in danger. I can't send her home. I guess the, her safest spot is with me. So until I can get this job done, you know, because she's going to go out and do something stupid. Uh-huh. You know, so, yeah. Which, look, I understand what they're doing. And I know that, you know, there's going to be potential growth and, She's going to grow out of being annoying. Well, no. She's going to grow into being a <laughs> more usable and not so useless. I'll just say that because she's going to be always be annoying to me. Even <laughs> like I played video games with Kate Bishop in it and she just annoying as hell because she's a spoiled rich girl. Wow. Um, so, yeah, there you go. The episode, I'll give seven just because... Like I said, I understand what they're doing, and I'm only giving it based off Kate Bishop and how much she annoys me. Wow. So let me ask you this. Is it because of the character of Kate Bishop, or is it because of the acting of the... It's the character of Kate Bishop. Okay. I imagine as an actor being handed a role where it's a rich, spoiled girl, real cocky, rich, spoiled girl, then I would assume seems like she's doing a pretty good job of it especially if she's got you two guys irritated yeah but that, i mean we're irritated though i mean it's that character type is not likable yeah well i don't think it's supposed to be well let me right? say it like this. it's not likable to character types like me and carlton yeah okay i mean you had like luke was like he was young and young and inexperienced and he broke off from yoda to go save leia and han and stuff but he didn't yeah. do his stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He knew how to fight in a, to a certain extent. He was a good fighter pilot, and then he had the Force. I guess most of that was because he wasn't a savant when it came to the Force. I guess they say Ray is supposed to be the savant, but the boy had some skills. This girl, I mean, 
she was just winging it. It was just she should have been killed a long time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yo, you know how many times like like if this had any That's so funny. If this had a little bit more hint of realism, she would have died like 18 times already. Mm. Like up to this point, she would have been dead so many times. Even with all of her martial arts training and things of that nature, she has no real world application for it. And Not to mention, even at the beginning of the show, when she destroyed that building, man, she didn't even go to jail because her mom got money. Yeah. I mean, that right there, she would have seen jail time, all kinds of stuff. She would have got kicked off of campus. She would have got kicked out of school. I mean, it was just so much stuff, man. Right. I mean, even down to that little bitty thing. <laughs> Yeah. See, to me, I see it as good character writing. It's got you two guys twisted like this. You know what I mean? Like it's almost what they intended. Yeah. With that character. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a lot of times. Like when me and my my wife we watch our uh, movies, and there's a character I can't stand. I'll often say that that actor did a good job. I mean, yeah, and yeah. the writer did a good job. Yeah, I'll give you that. Well. Speaking of characters who are supposed to be dead, I guess we could talk about Boba Fett, Chapter 4. You guys good with that? Yeah. All I'm saying is, man, Obi-Wan better be good. It better be way better than Boba Fett. I'm talking so, about... Go ahead. I got, you, got, you got it. <laughs> no, I want to <laughs> no, hear what I you know, got to say. Man, Boba Fett was just... It just felt like... I'm sorry. I know we're on... on it was Episode 3. Episode 4. Episode four, man, it's just, dude, it was just so apparent in these episodes, man. They didn't have that Mandalorian money. I kind of wonder if they incorporated Mandalorian into that story to get to get more with that budget, dude, because I don't know. I'm sorry. Obi-Wan better be good is all I'm saying. I mean, I'm talking about that better where you got Guido and Finny. They hit one palm into the other and they got brass knuckles on better. That's what I'm talking about. What did you think about the trailer? A lot happened in that, man. And because I fell off on the Clone Wars, I was sitting there going, who is that? Oh, she's pretty. Who is that? You know, oh, that's Obi. That's Obi-Wan. You knew who the kid was sitting outside playing and stuff. You knew who that was. I just like how they're going back in and filling in the gaps. This is something they should have did a long time ago, if you ask me. They could have did that in, in movies, had flashback scenes. But I think it's cool, man. Like, even episodes of where, like, somebody comes looking for Luke because they sense he's strong with the Force and he, mm-hmm. you know, fights him up. That I miss a lot of possibility, man. They better have the best writers, man, because I'm telling you, they owe me. They owe me for my time with uh, the book of Boba Fett, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I just, I'm sorry. Y'all just put me on mute or something because I ain't got nothing good to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to get quiet. I'm shutting up. The cool thing about that Obi-Wan trailer to me was that they showed, I think it's pronounced Edgerton, Joel Edgerton, who's playing Uncle Owen. And he was the original, well, not the original. The original Uncle Owen was, you know, from the 70s. But he played in the prequel movies as that same character, a younger version. So they brought him back and they brought the girl who plays Baru. Bonnie, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. P-I-E-S-S-E. That the black Um, No, we didn't see... That actress, Aunt Baru, we didn't see her in the trailer. I don't believe, anyway. Um, Aunt Baru? Yes. So, in the original Star Wars, Luke is hey, Luke lives with his aunt and uncle. So, there was a guy in the trailer you can watch, and they kind of focus on him a couple of times. That's Luke's Uncle Owen. Oh, okay. I never knew her and name. Then, yeah, it was Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru, B-E-R-U. Were um, Luke, Luke Skywalker's aunt and uncle. So they brought back the same actors that played them as a young couple oh, in wow. the prequel movies. And then I also saw Ice Cube, his name on the cast, but they have no character description. So he might be doing like a, I don't know, maybe the voice of a droid, maybe or something. They don't have Man. a name under his. Oh, this is going to be terrible. Did you say Ice Cube? Yes, his name is on the cast oh, list, but there's God. no list. Nothing underneath his name <laughs> as far as who he plays. Wait. Yo, dog. 
Yeah, so Boba Fett Chapter 4, The Gathering Storm. We know that his Tuscan family was killed by a biker gang, so so we're led to think. Starts off with a back to dream. Uh, he's on a bantha, and he's checking out Jabba's palace. See, he wants his ship. His ship is located there. So he's, like, scoping the place, and uh, too many people. So he's chilling out, him and his bantha. He sees a couple flares fly up, and we hear music from the Mandalorian. So we know, like, in the timeline where we're at, it was, like, uh, season one, episode five, the gunslinger was going on in the Mandalorian. So we know that it's a exact same time that he finds Fennec Shand laying in the sand. He takes her to this um, mod parlor, which is kind of like a tattoo parlor, I guess, for us. A bunch of young people hanging out. He brings her in. Dude uh, hooks her up with, um, you know, robot parts. And uh, so she's part droid now. And she wakes and uh, they talk take a panther ride they scope the place she sends in that little probe and scans the whole palace kind of show how many guards there are and then when they break in i thought the droid scenes were pretty cool you know the droids that were in the kitchen and uh that one kind of gave a nod to uh general grievous when he broke his arms out and started swinging the blades around the rat catcher scene was kind of cheesy a little cheesy but he uh Boba Fett's like over cocky. I'm Boba Fett screaming to that little robot. But then they have a fight in the hangar, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, we find we well, we already knew Fennec was a badass, but she was plugging him off in that scene. It was really cool. You know, of course, they break out, then they decide to hang out. She decides to stay. They find the biker gang. I thought this was probably the best scene in the whole show. What'd you guys think of that? When they found the biker gang? Yeah. To me, it was just, we see the biker gang going across the desert, and then the, his ship just starts appearing in the clouds, and he just wipes them out. Oh, yeah. It was like a hole. Oh, yeah. I thought that was pretty awesome. That was some good old-fashioned revenge. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I quite enjoyed it, so. So then we go to the Sarlacc pit, which was kind of cool. He kind of hangs the ship over to look in. Of course, we knew the, I don't think him crawling out of the Sarlacc killed the Sarlacc. So, you know, there was a potential of that thing being alive. And of course, it grabbed the ship and she dropped the seismic charge down in there. That was kind of cool. Wait, it, was a, was it, it was supposed to be dead um, from the, was it from the first episode? The first, no, wait, when him climbing out? Okay. Yeah. Was yeah, it I don't think or dead then? I don't think him like breaking out. I don't think it killed it. Oh. And then they, well, obviously, I guess it didn't because they went back and that thing tried to drag it down into the hole. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yep. Um, so then uh, out of the back to tank, he's finally completely healed. We go to the club and uh, Chris Stanton's sitting there drinking, man. And he's, he's like that old drunk dude watching that group of people <laughs> from across the bar all night and decides to finally make his move man and he beat up a bunch of trend oceans in the place and it was awesome jennifer lawrence came out she did her little speech and calmed him down and he ripped that dude's arm off anyway and dropped the coins man wait wait wait. Did you say jennifer lawrence yeah like hunger games jennifer lawrence i believe that's her isn't it no is that not jennifer lawrence who is that hang on i'm looking it up yeah I don't... <laughs> because of some very interesting other pictures. I don't. I've I've seen Jennifer. I've seen her a lot. No, it's somebody. Jennifer Beals plays the head of that club, right? So she came and gave her a little speech, um, and he rips the arm off anyway. They head out. He gets recruited by Boba Fett, but he makes really cool head turns, man. That what he does. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can tell. He's just like, hey, but uh, <laughs> fudge you. He's supposed to uh, yeah. cameo in uh, the Obi-Wan TV show, right? Well, they have met in the comic books, so I don't know. 
I don't really know what their plan is. I hope so. So wait, how do do Wookiees live for a long time? Is that like a thing? I think uh, Chewbacca is like 300 years old. Okay, so Wookiees live for a long time. All right. Yeah, in the Solo movie, I think he said, I don't know, Chewbacca growled something and Han looked at him and was like, 300, 300 years old or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> that, was it, dude. that was it. So anyway, oh yeah, then they're having the dinner party and uh, with all the heads of the area, town leaders, they threaten him and then his rancor reaches up and grabs that grate that they're all sitting on. Kind of scared him, so they all basically said that they would stay neutral. <laughs> and then uh, at the end, they're talking about hiring hired guns, and then you hear the Mando music again. So it's setting us up for the return of the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was so, what did you guys cool. think? Like the whole Obviously. thing was really awesome. Just jumping right in. I have never really been a true like Star Wars like person like that. I mean, with me, once again, I was more into Star Trek just because for a lot of different reasons, there was more of it. And, you know, being that I didn't have cable for a very long time in my life, I just got into Star Trek, John Luke Picard. But these episodes have really kind of drawn me into the Star Wars universe. So I'm all in, man. This is very good for me. Very good. I'm, I'm going to give it an eight. Cool, cool, cool. I thought, I thought it was good. I, it could have, <laughs> yeah. I'll pass, I'll pass. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say it like this. I can't judge it. As a whole, the series, dude, we trying to stay on episode four. I got nothing for you, dude. I got nothing for you. It had its highs and lows. It had more lows to me. Well, that about does it, right? Where you at, Wolf? Carlton? I got you. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right. So we'll jump right into Demon Slayer real quick. If, um, it's an anime where we're bringing animes back because you know that's one of my great loves. But so just a short synopsis. Um, Demon Slayer is about a guy who was living life in a mountain town in Japan. And uh, basically, in this age, there are demons and, you know, mystical beings that are kind of roaming around all type and doing all types of interesting things. So Tanjiro, which is our main character here, he has to go out and he has to get some supplies to bring back for his all of his siblings and his mother, which he has several siblings. He has an older sister. Wait, is she older or younger? No, she's younger. She's a younger sister. Yeah. Her name is Nesico. We have the other kids and his mom. So he goes off into the other village to get supplies and a couple other things. And he leaves his family alone for that night, which, you know, it was a horrible thing. So pretty much his intention was to come back that night. However, there was an old guy who pretty much told him that he definitely he doesn't want to be out at night at that particular point in time because demons are about. Up until this point, I don't think that Tanjiro had ever met a demon or I don't, I don't even know if he 100% believed in him. And we fast forward to the next morning, Tanjiro heads over to back to his house and he sees blood everywhere. Come to find out that a demon that night killed his entire family and very brutally yeah. uh, and left their bodies pretty much everywhere. What else happened in that first episode? The only reason why I'm saying it is because I don't remember, because I don't want to, you know, screw it. We'll figure out where we are after this because whatever. I don't want to leave it at that point. So turns out that Nesico is actually still alive. Now, she's still alive, but she's actually been turned into a demon. Tanjiro sees this, but he doesn't want to kill his sister. She's the last one of his family. That's, I mean, I guess you can call alive to a certain extent. So he goes into this fight for her life. He's telling her, you know, how much he loves her and he doesn't want to do this. And, he, and, and, you know, kind of trying to get her to come back. And basically during the fight, 
we see that there's a demon slayer that shows up. So in this, we have demon slayers, we have demons, so on and so forth. But the demon slayer core is the one that's going around and trying to keep the balance and trying to eliminate all the demons entirely. So we meet a demon slayer that sees him struggling with his sister and goes in to intercept to kill uh, Nesuko. However, in the time that she's literally straddling her brother about to rip his throat out, Tanjiro turns over and dodges and pretty much keeps her alive and dodges the whole thing. So basically this demon slayer, he goes in because the demon slayer is trying to kill her, like period. But Tanjiro actually fights very violently to save his sister's life. After a very interesting struggle, between the Demon Slayer and Tanjiro, the Demon Slayer sees potential in Tanjiro and actually sees that maybe his sister might be worth it not to kill her. And it's not so cut and dry. And it's not so cut and pretty much, it's not so cut and dry. There's more to this than just killing a demon. So that's what I'll leave off at. I don't know where in the episodes, you might be a little bit in the episode two. It might be towards the end of episode two actually, but. These are only 30-minute shows, a 20-minute worth of shows, so we're probably going to be speeding through this. Either way, man, I'm one of the biggest Demon Slayer fans. Matter of fact, the Demon Slayer is in the top three animes in the world right now. Man, um, Demon Slayer is beautiful. The animation is beautiful. When that boy uses his uh, moves, I love just the way they illustrate that stuff. To me, it's like this generation's Bleach. Yeah. You know, it's like this generation's Naruto. Mm-hmm. I love most of the characters, but what's cool is how that girl has like so much self-control to where she can curb her nature and still be loyal to her brother. I don't know if it's her love for her or if it's his love for her. Well, we haven't gotten all the way into that, but yeah, we do see that in the, in the future to a certain extent, but there's a lot more to it than just that. There's a lot yeah. more to it. Once we really get, because I've read ahead on the manga and you learn some very interesting things about their family. That's all, oh, that's, that's all I'll give you, though. I'm not going to give you any more than that. Give it to me off air. <laughs> so I can't wait to see what they do next in anime as far as they're concerned. There's plenty of other things that I'm watching right now. Shield Hero is coming back for a second season or for awesome. a third season. Bleach is coming back. You got a couple other ones that are finishing up. There was this one called... Uh... A regular guy, not so powerful. Oh, I forgot that. You know when they started coming out with those crazy titles. I mm-hmm. asked you off air. I got you. What did you tell so our our non-veteran anime person? I'm gonna ask him. What did you think, Ivory Mike? What did you, you think when you watched it? Did you? I mean, I know that you don't come from a long line of anime watchers, but tell me. Yeah, I thought the story was really cool. Okay. The the backgrounds looked real. Like the wood scene, I mean, just everything looked real in the background. The one thing that that I can't get over is, I guess, and I don't know if it's translation. I've heard, I've heard to try watching this with the Japanese, with them talking Japanese and with captions is better because the voices are annoying to me. That's about it. But everything else was really good. I liked it. Okay, that's good. And yes, I do highly recommend that you watch it in uh, subtitles if you find that, uh, I mean, because sometimes some translation is different. They have different types of voices, different sounding, things of that nature. Yeah. But yeah, I would definitely recommend that. So it sounds like we're pretty much all in on Demon Slayer. We'll be talking about it a little bit further in the next podcast. That's pretty much it. That's all we got for today because we want to keep everybody on a good time. I think uh, Ivory Mike has some soapbox derby stuff going on. So he's got to put his kid in a box with wheels on it and push him down a hill. So. Wait, I got it. I'll get a sweat. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, you guys have a great one. And as always, you guys out there in podcast land, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. been listening to the infinite worlds podcast 
Thank you for listening. And please, if you have any questions about the things we were talking about or would like to comment on any of today's talking points, please follow us on Twitter at InfiniteWorlds6, Instagram and Facebook at InfiniteWorlds.us. And if you like what we do, please support us by recommending the podcast to friends and family and by supporting us through Patreon or the listener support option given on this platform. See you next time.